Some very shocking and devastating news to talk about on today's episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. It was announced on Thursday afternoon that Louisville center Dennis Evans would no longer be medically cleared to play for the program moving forward. We're going to talk about this, what this means for the front court and more. So with that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for $20 off of your first purchase. Excuse me. As always, I want to personally thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the Locked On Global Podcast is free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your team, every day. As I alluded to in the opener, um, some very devastating, shocking, heartbreaking news to discuss. It was announced on Thursday that Louisville's Dennis Evans would no longer be medically cleared to play for the program moving forward. We'll talk about that, talk about what this means for the front court for the rest of the year, and also um, predict where the ACC wins will come from. Truthfully speaking, this was going to be a basketball episode. I was planning it to be one with the Cardinals opening up the 2024 calendar year with the conference slate. I know that they started out the the conference slate against Virginia Tech a couple weeks ago, but now it's pretty much the conference slate. They played Virginia on Wednesday. Not really all that inspiring of a performance from the Cardinals. We were going to break down that game and discuss the ACC slate moving forward. Obviously, we are scrapping the Virginia game segment in favor of um, this segment. And I'll be completely honest with you all. Um, One thing that I am confident in myself in when it comes to this show is the mental preparation side of it to where I feel like I do a good job of listing out the things that I'm going to talk about, researching those topics, and giving you all uh, an entertaining yet informational type of monologue that minimalizes the rambling and the repeating, etc. But with this segment, I, I'll be honest with you all, I really don't know what to say. Um, you know, I sat for about 30 minutes after I read the news, and obviously it's shocking, it's heartbreaking, it's something that it's hard to really wrap your head around, especially for a guy that is so young. Now, um, for those who have not heard the news or are a little bit confused, let me go ahead and read to you what Louisville Men's Basketball Sports Information Director Zach Greenwell Greenwell had this to say in a statement. Um, The statement says, Freshman center Dennis Evans will not be medically cleared to compete at the University of Louisville moving forward. We are disappointed by the news and will not be releasing any additional information out of respect for Dennis's privacy. Matt McGavick, of Sports Illustrated's Louisville site asked Greenwell about um, the status moving forward as to whether or not it was out for the season or indefinitely. And Greenwell had this to say, and I quote, UofL does not foresee his status changing with the institution. So, um, you know, take that for what you will. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This isn't, let's go ahead and get this out of the way. This isn't, oh, 
you know, Dennis Evans is going to full lengths just to get out of playing for Louisville and Kenny Payne. Please stop that. That's not the case. Now, obviously, you know, HIPAA and respect for the young man and his family, we're not going to speculate as to what the medical issue is. But obviously, it is severe enough to um, the university that, you know, they no longer feel comfortable medically releasing Evans to play for their team. And like I said, so many emotions. Uh, the main one for me is just I am thinking and praying for Dennis, for his family and loved ones. I mean, we're talking about a kid, 17, 18 years old, who uh, former five-star recruit in the 2023 class, uh, seven-foot-one native of Riverside, California, had – a ton of potential on the court. And at this point you, you start to, you know, go back to the whole notion that it's so much bigger than sports. It's so much bigger than basketball. And the bottom line for me is that I hope that whatever this medical issue is, is that it's not something that will affect Dennis's quality of life moving forward. And obviously hope that it is not life threatening. Um, Hopefully that's the case. I'm not suggesting that it is in any way. I don't know. I'm just saying in a general sense, you hope that it's something that, I mean, it's there's no best case scenario in this situation, but even if it's a career-ending issue potentially, you hope that it's not a life-threatening issue. And again, I don't know if it is or not. I don't think it is. I just hope that um, you know he's able to get the assistance that he needs. I hope that he's able to recover from what he's dealing with, and I hope one day he's able to play basketball again. I hope that he beats the odds and eventually is able to play basketball again. Um, one thing that I found from Brooks Holton over at the Courier-Journal, he says that Evans is going to still be allowed to be part of the program. He will still be on scholarship if he wants to uh, continue studying at the university, which I feel like is a very, very respectable gesture from the program. But he will not be able to suit up for the Cardinals practice or play. Um, for me, what I'm wondering is, you know, obviously the university doesn't feel comfortable medically releasing him. And I wonder if this is a situation to where maybe Evans transfers elsewhere and gets cleared to play somewhere else. And I'm not saying that's the case. I'm not saying that's not the case. There's so much in play here. Obviously, we're just hearing about this. And Evans had been listed day-to-day, um, only had played in a handful of games. The last game that he played in was against Bellarmine back in late November, so he hadn't played for over a month, really hadn't gotten much of a status update on his availability other than that he was day-to-day. And it was pretty vague as to the relation of if he was going to be eligible to play or not health-wise, and it seems like now you realize why things were so vague is because that there was obviously an issue larger than what was seen on the surface. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, but obviously this 
issue is serious enough if Louisville makes the decision that, hey, look, you know, Evans not only is not clear to play this season, but we don't feel like this is an issue that's going to be resolved to where we feel comfortable enough at clearing him at any point in his basketball career. And that it's it's devastating. It's heartbreaking. I like I said, I I feel like I'm rambling here and I, I apologize to everyone watching. I know that this is something that we were going to have to discuss. I would be doing you know, the audience a disservice by not discussing it. But, um, you know, whenever a, a person so young goes through an injury like this to where it threatens their whole career to the point to where, you know, may not ever play basketball again, obviously that's something that's – it's hard to hear at 18 years old. It's hard to hear at 22 years old. I go back to, um, you know, hearing about some of the players over the past – couple decades or so whose careers not only basketball but football and baseball and a lot of other sports soccer in which their careers were cut short due to injuries and it just brings you back to the fact that I understand that sports are important but their life is so much more important than sports a player's well-being and health long term is so much more important than sports like I said I don't know what the issue is I'm not going to speculate as to what it could be, although, you know, we know that it must be pretty serious due to the gravity of the situation. Only really thing that I can continue to say on the show is that our thoughts and prayers go out to Dennis Evans, Dennis's family and friends, the Louisville men's basketball team. Obviously, this is a brother of theirs. This is a close friend, a teammate who, you know, they are witnessing this with you know they are closer to him than obviously the fan base is and um, just so many thoughts going out to so many people but most importantly Dennis Evans so keep him in your thoughts and prayers um, I, I don't know what else to say um, you know I guess where we go from here in terms of discussion is discussing what this move or what this um, you know, what this news means for the Cardinals front court moving forward. And we'll talk about this here in just a moment after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events. I bought tickets last minute to go see the Colts play the Raiders this past Sunday on Game Time. Um, the lowest price guarantee was put into effect. So essentially what that means is that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less game time, will credit 110% of the difference. All in prices were great for me to see the total up front. So I knew exactly what I was getting a great deal before checking the tickets out. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on for $20 off of your first purchase terms apply again. Create an account, redeem the code locked on for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. Just a reminder Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On 
plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Second segment of the show, we're discussing um, what the Dennis Evans news means for the Cardinals front court uh, moving forward. Unfortunately, uh, Dennis Evans' health issue is not the only um, availability issue that the Cardinals have been dealing with. J.J. Trainer has also missed um, a considerable amount of time. He is currently the Cardinals' fourth leading scorer at 10.1 points per game. He's also putting in 4.6 rebounds on a nightly basis. The six foot eight senior from Bardstown, Kentucky, last played on Sunday. December 3rd against Virginia Tech had eight points in 27 minutes, um, but he is dealing with injury. He, like Dennis Evans, listed day-to-day. I'm not sure as to when that is going to be, if he's going to be able to play at any point this season. If so, what the timeline's looking like. But not only do you have to focus on the loss of Dennis Evans for this front court, but also um, J.J. Trainer as well. So that leaves the Cardinals pretty thin in the front court. You have Brandon Huntley-Hatfield who, excuse me, over the past couple games has been the Cardinals' best player. Uh, was very good against Kentucky, was very good against Pepperdine. I'm not. I'm sorry, not Pepperdine, um, Arkansas State. You also have Emmanuel Okorafor who is playing about 6.7 minutes per game. And outside of that, Danilo Jovanovic can play, I guess, a small ball five, although he's not the largest guy, he's six foot eight, 220 pounds. Caleb Glenn, maybe a small ball five as well. But at this point, your front court literally consists of BHH and Emmanuel Acorafor. So the issues that we've been seeing the past couple of weeks, it seems like are possibly going to be issues throughout the entirety of the season. Dennis Evans was um, obviously adjusting to the speed of the Power Five or Division I college basketball. Not the greatest numbers, 1.6 points per game, 0.9 rebounds per game, but he gave you very, very solid minutes throughout. Um, I thought that there were times where he played some solid minutes. At the very least, he was a rotational guy that could come in and play minutes in which you needed to give guys breaks. And uh, who knows what the development would have looked like uh, moving on throughout the season. J.J. Trainer, veteran guy, um, can play the four or the five. Solid defender, solid three-point shooter as well. Cardinals fourth leading scorer, double-digit scorer. This is a tough one because of you know the reliability in the front court. J.J. Trainer, Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Um, very, very good players in that front court. And now at this point, you're looking at Brandon and Emmanuel as the two options for Kenny Payne to go with um, at the forward positions. And I understand you can always play small. You can have Trey White. You can have Mike James slide down and guard the opposing team's big men. But I think for a team that's already struggling defensively as a unit as it is, that doesn't really bode much success because of the Cardinals' Um, consistently giving up screens on the back door, um, dribble drive penetration, defending the pick and roll. 
Now, statistically, they are one of the better three-point defending teams, which if you watch them, you wouldn't necessarily think that that is. But statistically speaking, they are one of the better three-point defending teams out there. But moving forward, I mean, I think that we're seeing a glimpse of what this is going to look like um, as we continue to go along. Emmanuel and Brandon are going to have to be reliable for the Cardinals, especially Emmanuel. Brandon obviously has been playing a ton of minutes as it is. Now Corafor is going to be relied upon to play a ton of minutes as well, and I'm going to operate under the assumption that we're not going to get J.J. Trainer back until we get him back. And there's been no news as to when that's going to be. Hopefully it is sometime this season, but at this point, haven't gotten much information since December 2nd or 3rd when he went down with injury. So um, really, really hard to, to tell. So at this point, all you can really do is focus on the guys that are playing currently. You have your two players that we focused on in Brandon and Emmanuel. I would expect Danilo Jovanovic, who started against Virginia, to play an increased role. I would like to see Caleb Glenn, who is an energizer bunny type player that utilizes um, high effort and high tenacity, especially on the boards, despite only being about six, 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 seven. I do believe that his strength and verticality could mask over some of those um, vertical issues being only 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, to where he plays like a Shane Bahannon that can play down low. And there's a couple different ways that Payne could go with this. I think that we're going to see a situation to where a core four is going to be one of the first guys off the bench. The Cardinals might opt to go smaller starting lineup to where you start the two guards, Tyler Johnson, Sky Clark, and then Mike James and Trey White, and then Brandon Huntley Hatfield, and then you bring in Emmanuel for one of the four guards that are in the game at the point. But there's no true answer to it because, I mean, let's face it, you go and into the portal, you get a guy – like Dennis Evans, or not the portal, the high school recruiting class, you get a guy like Dennis Evans, Danilo Jovanovic, um, portal last year with Emmanuel Acor for, and two of those three guys are unavailable. And you had, obviously, Sidney Curry, Jalen Withers transfer out. The front court is depleted in terms of numbers. And you can either continue to go small or you can switch things up and you know try to utilize a guy like a Caleb Glenn or – utilize Danilo Jovanovic more, but neither or none of the issues that none of the options that Louisville could go with, I feel like are solid long-term solutions. So for the rest of the year, it seems like the Cardinals are going to have to sort of roll with the issues and um, ultimately just do what they can to get that front court production. There is an added emphasis on needing Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Emmanuel Corfor to be very, very good on a night in, night out basis. And that's tough to say that you had to rely on them to be great every single night that they play, but it's very true, unfortunately. That's just where we are at currently with this situation. But I I, I don't really know what to say. Like I said, the Dennis Evans news was heartbreaking. Um it's heartbreaking for him. It's heartbreaking for the team. It's heartbreaking for the program. It's heartbreaking for his family. And um, like I said, we're thinking and praying about uh, uh, about Dennis and, and 
his family and friends moving forward. So, um, the previously scheduled segment of the ACC wins, where they're going to come from, um, that will conclude the show as we talk about the rest of the season moving forward. We'll do that here momentarily after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up this weekend, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports. But right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Just a reminder, FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Final segment of the show, we discuss the remainder of the ACC slate for the Cardinals. They just opened up January with a loss to Virginia. Um, eight more games in the month of January, less than that in the month of February, and only three games in the month of March. So, Josh Hurd said in an article with WDRB's Eric Crawford that Kenny Payne, I'm paraphrasing here, was going to have to make deposits to the bank, obviously in the form of wins. Um, simply alluding to he's going to have to win to keep his job is, is how a lot of people took that. And to do that, I felt like Louisville was going to have to win a good amount of ACC games. Now, where are those wins going to come from? We had a question in the weekly mailbag on Tuesday that talked about you know where the wins were going to come from, and I went on record in saying that I think Louisville goes one and eight in January, potentially zero and nine. But I said one and eight because I think that they steal one game. Let's look at the schedule. They the month of January you have Pittsburgh, Miami, NC State, North Carolina, Wake Forest, Duke, Virginia again, and Clemson. Clemson, Wake Forest, North Carolina, and Miami are road games. Louisville has not won a single game away from the KFC Yum Center in Kenny Payne's tenure as head coach. Um, so until they win a road game, it's going to be hard to predict one, especially against a ranked team like North Carolina, like Clemson. Wake Forest has been pretty solid this year under Steve Forbes. They're 10-3. and three. Gonzaga transfer Hunter Salas has been great. Miami just beat Clemson. Um, on Wednesday evening, they are 11 and two, first in the conference. Um, Jim Laranega's team is once again great. So um, I don't think that they win any of those road games. There's four road games, and then you have home games against Duke and Virginia. I don't think they win that. Those two, Pittsburgh and NC State, is kind of where you look at and think maybe um, NC State just barely beat Notre Dame. And Pittsburgh is uh, the other team, and they lost to North Carolina a couple days ago after losing to Syracuse on a two-game losing streak coming into the game against Louisville. So, truthfully speaking, um, you look at the remainder of the month of January, and there's no telling where those wins are going to come from. I think that there is a good chance that they will not win another game in January, or they won't win a game in January um, because – it's the toughest month of the year by far, and it's a testament to how good the ACC is this year. But I think if they are going to win one, I think it would possibly be Pittsburgh or NC State. But um, I'm going to say they win one. You pick who you think it's going to be. I'm going to say that they win one. Going on to February, there are, um, I think, seven games. One, 
two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. Um, well, actually, hold on. Yeah, seven games. They have home games against Florida State, Georgia Tech, and Notre Dame. They're on the road at Syracuse, at Boston College, and at Pittsburgh. Um, at Pittsburgh is going to be tough. Boston College is going to be an interesting matchup. They are 9-4. and four. They've lost to a very good Colorado State team, um, lost to NC State. They just lost to Wake Forest as well. They're 9-4, and four, like I said. Um, Syracuse has been sort of in that same boat. They're 10-4, and four, but their losses are to Virginia, Tennessee, Gonzaga, and at Duke, and it is at Syracuse as well. I don't think that they're going to win at Syracuse. I don't think they're going to win any of the road games in the month of February. I don't think that they're going to win a road game all season. I do think that there is a chance with the home games. Georgia Tech is 8-5. and five. Um, You do have Notre Dame as well, who could potentially be one of the worst teams in the ACC. They are 6-8. and eight. Um, I think that they win. You look at the month of February, and it's so hard to predict. I think that Louisville is essentially going to win. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be too pessimistic here, but I'm trying to be realistic. And looking where the wins are going to come from, there's no clear-cut answer because at this point in time, um, the Cardinals are, let's see. I mean, the record is 5-8. and eight. They're 0-2 in conference play. They almost beat Virginia Tech. They lost by 7. Uh, they lost to Virginia. The thing about it is they've lost – Five out of the last six games, and one of the games that they won was to Pepperdine, and Pepperdine is seven and eight, and the two teams they beat were not really all that impressive. So it'll be interesting to see if Louisville is more competitive because we've seen stretches to where they look very solid that they can compete with any team out there. February and March are going to be interesting. I think January they're going to win one game. February, they're going to have opportunity. March, they're going to have opportunity. I mean, the month of March itself, you have uh, Syracuse at home, three home games, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, and Boston College. You almost beat Virginia Tech on the road. Boston College, it's yet to be seen. They're 0-2 in conference play. So the key for me, and when you talk about where will the ACC wins come from, they're going to come in February and March if they're going to come at all. If they're going to come, it's going to come in February and March because of the opportunities at hand. It's going to be a tough month of January, um, unfortunately speaking, is that it's going to be tough to really muster up a ton of momentum. And if they do start winning in February and March, well, at that point, the damage probably will have already been done in January with the tough schedule. And unfortunately, that's just the brutal reality of how the scheduling was um, released. and. Just hard to really stomach that ACC slate from January 1st to January 31st. But I think there's a lot of opportunity in the month of February. Florida State is 7-6. and six. They're 1-1 one one in conference play. They beat Georgia Tech on Wednesday, um, but they lost to North Carolina as well. You look at the bottom half, and I think that that's where – you're going to see opportunity. Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Boston College, and Pittsburgh are the teams to focus on. I do think that 
Um, I'm trying to think maybe maybe Florida State, depending on how they do in conference play, maybe Notre Dame. I'm trying to think of the next time that Louisville will be favored in an ACC game, and I'm just not necessarily sure of that. But if you're asking where the ACC wins will come, if they do come, they will come in February and March. But that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.